September 26, 2022 is the Waffle Pedro Show.
show start off john coltrane doing equinox where a few days past equinox is b-day and uh ort smog i think that's the name of the proj name with bore right obsolescence and because of those software engineers in estonia with their skype invention i have with me patrick shiroishi welcome board patrick thanks man thanks for having me it's an honor absolute let's turn your ass up Well, <laughs> okay, okay, and and I and I got Ort Smog right. That's it. Okay, okay. So uh, <laughs> please bring your earliest. Well, first we got to thank uh, Victoria Shen for the connect. Hey, yeah. and Derek, Derek Gaines as well. Absolutely, Derek Gaines. Okay, that's right. I think he made the initial fucking. Uh, yeah, please bring your earliest musical recollection. My earliest musical recollections, my mom told me that she would play classical music when I was in her womb. Whoa, that's an early one. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I I trust her with my life, you know, so I'm sure she's telling me the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in the pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? There was. um, We, when I was growing up, she would take me to all sorts of, like, classes, and I remember there was, like, an early... No, I mean in the pad. Uh, oh, at my house. Up. Yeah, yeah. We had we had a piano or a keyboard. Yeah. Um, and I took lessons when I was, she put me in lessons. Okay, okay. I got to know about that because most of the guests on the show, whoa. So what was your experience like? I mean, it was very, it was cool. You know, at times when I was a kid, you know, she'd make me practice and I would absolutely hate it, you know, of course. Um, was but... she, do you think she was a good teacher? Because it seems that's usually the problem. It's not the piano or the lessons. It's the teacher. Yeah, I had a different teacher. I had this woman. Uh, I would go to her house. She's a Japanese woman, Miss Kawaii, uh, in in a uh, Kawaii. Kamari. Yeah, Kawaii. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate for a piano teacher. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, and but um, it was it was cool. She was great. Yeah, she was great. Um, I learned a lot. You know. Yeah, I mean, she was great. Uh, I had like I was in band, middle school band. Yeah, I was going to ask about that the choir, the marching band, shit like that in school. Yeah, so I picked up saxophone um, in fifth grade because I thought it looked super fucking cool and super shiny and all the buttons. You know, I was like, yeah, this is the one. Alto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured because kids, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, uh, right. And were you in the marching band with that sax? I was. I was marching band with the sax, and then eventually I did baritone sax in the marching band, and then oh, Barry. Yeah, and then the last two years I played tuba. <laughs> Whoa, some bass clef. Yeah. Big mouth piece, easy in the marching band with that. <laughs> now, I heard from friends, like French horn, it's like, oh, god damn, because of the mouthpiece. You know? Yeah. So I heard bone and, and baritone and tuba sousaphone was like more calm that way. 
but uh, maybe not as much with the weight. <laughs> That's why yeah. the plastic. Uh, so, uh, what was the first record you bought with your own money? <laughs> first record I bought. Oh, you know, musical media. Yeah. You know, people go at me at that because I'm from. Actually, my first ones were. Uh, well, I did got a 45, but then I joined the Columbia Record Club for a diamond. They were eight tracks. So I'm not really talking about the yeah. medium. Just when you're a kid, you know, you ain't got a lot of money. So I'm curious about the first thing you buy music wise. Yeah, I bought a I bought Blink One Eighty Two album. <laughs> All right, and the first gig you went. Adam up with the with the nurse on the cover. I'm not that familiar. A uh, little bit. I, 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 San Diego though, California. Yeah, San Diego. That's right. And the bass player's got some power. So yeah, and actually, oh, produced their first stuff. And O's the guy who comes to my gigs down there all the time. Uh, oh, can I uh, ask you the first gig you went and saw? Yeah, the first gig I went and saw. Does this does this uh, does like shit like the Hollywood Bowl count? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, my my family would take us. There was like uh, like symphony shit, and uh, for like July Fourth, they would have like I guess like movie scores and then like fireworks at the end. Yep. Uh, it was it would probably be that. Yeah. I saw Miles Davis, uh, Raymond Pettibone took me to see, and Dexter Gordon opened up. So there's all kinds of stuff there. Yeah, you know, uh, trippy outside and maybe not the best sound, but that's a good yeah. first gig. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. You know, I, I definitely appreciate that stuff. And, you know, as a, as a kid, it helps that there's like fireworks and explosions. And shit. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the band's backing up the... Exactly. Uh, comedy, yeah. uh, look, um... After school, I'm not saying graduate, but in afternoon, garage band, basement band, bedroom band, did you do that? You know, I always wanted to, but I never found uh, people to play with until like my senior year of high school and then well into college. Um, I went to college in Orange County, but I would like drive back to L.A. Uh, to like practice in the garage and shit and then play shows uh, and then drive back. Um but yeah, it took me a while. It took me a fucking while. So these were cats in your neighborhood, but you're, while you're at college, you'd have to come back to meet them. Yeah, exactly. And um, what, like, where were you working? Were you blowing the horn? I was, at that time, I was playing drums. Oddly. Wow. Now, how'd you get into drums? Drums, I just always loved, like, drums, but my parents would never, you know, fucking get me a kid or anything, so I stole a pair of drumsticks from the band room. Yeah. And I would play like on the back of the couch, and I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have MTV, so I taught myself wrong. Like I don't cross my arms when I play the hi hat. I kind of just play with my left hand the hi hat. Oh, yeah, auto But in my mind, I was like, this makes the most sense. Sure. Um, sure. but and then I, I started playing other shit. But do you remember Dylan Fujioka? He was on your show. Yeah, great. And he and he, he also flowed me the album he did right after that, which was bitching. Yeah, so we went to high school together, so we would play, and we still play, like, all the time. Oh, was he one of the cats in the garage when you come back from college? Yeah, we had a trio called Japantes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the power band names. <laughs> power, power trio. <laughs> okay, so now what you guys did, did, like me and D. Boone, we copied records. Did you do that, or did you guys start composing? I think for that band, we started just composing super slowly, you know? Can you remember uh, the first song you wrote? First song I wrote? Fuck. It was probably really bad. <laughs> like mine. <laughs> like what? I only wrote one song as a kid. It was uh, Mr. Bass, King of Outer Space. And 
basically was about playing a bass solo and blowing the rest of the band off. Yeah, there was issues. I mean, you are the bass king, so it's kind of, it's kind of a point. No, but that ain't that bass. That's more like the free bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two S's there. Yeah. So, okay, okay. You know, you got to start somewhere, right? But you just start pulling ollies on the skateboard, right? Yeah, exactly. Fall you got to gotta fall and hit your balls a couple times. Right. And then, so you yeah. would play drums and... and what would Daniel play? Uh, Dylan would play guitar, Dylan, and then sorry. our friend uh, <laughs> Daniel Boone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he played guitar, and you play. Oh, so it'd be guitar. like a two-man thing. Like, a, what was that band? A flat duo jets. Mm. Well, it was us two, and then we had uh, Ryan, and he played bass. Oh, okay. Well, power trio. Power trio. By, by the way, I missed out on my. Uh, you know, I did some gigs with Flipper as a power trio, and we're supposed to start this tour thing that blew my knee out, so I oh, can't do fuck. any gigs till that gets fixed. Well, it's better than it happening on the tour, shit. That's true. Yeah, so. That's true. You know how life is. You get dealt there. So, uh, do this band, uh, this is Japantes, right? Does yeah. Jap just, does Japantes do any gigs, or just a practice band? We just did Practice Pad. We put out, like, two EPs, and we played, like, maybe, like, ten shows at the band, I think. You know, Who, uh, how'd you record yourself with a four track or something? Yeah, yeah, we had like some shitty like digital shitty recorder, and I think we we uh no 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 sorry Noah our other great friend from from high school and we still play with he recorded it and we did at the with the practice space we tried to do it all at the separately to get like the best sound. Whoa, isolation. Isolation, yeah. <laughs> and what about tell me about the first gig? The first gig, oh man, I don't even remember. It might have been, or the first gig of my life that I remember was at this pizza place. Yeah. Uh, and it was like high school bands. But the guy, the owner would just be bringing out free pizzas for all the kids to eat. I think he yeah. was trying to get people to like, you know, go to the place after. I think it was Joe's Pizza in Monterey Park. And that was the best best gig because like fuck we got like food <laughs> so it was it was you call it a success yeah yeah righteous yeah. look i want to play uh some food food boot sushi yeah
Watford Pedro Show start off that chunk of music with Fubutsushi and Bolted Orange. And then we had Pharaoh si- Sanders, who we lost the day after John Coltrane's B-Day a couple of days ago. Uh, Live at the East, 1971, Helen song. And then Nakata, with Everything Was Beautiful and Nothing Hurt. Why don't you tell us something about these? Well, like all three. Like so Let's start with Ort Smog. All right, yeah. Ort Smog is a duo I had with Mark. Kimbrell. Um, we play together also with Dylan uh, and Noah and Paul I. In, so it ain't uh, much of a duo. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a five piece, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Orsmog is a duo. Um, we do. The, the, the uh, core. You guys are the core of the duo. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mark plays fucking loud. So I play through guitar pedals and out of an amp. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's super fun. We're putting out our second record, which oh. turned like a 30-minute song uh, in November. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about Fubu Sushi? Fubu Sushi is a uh, quartet that we made the music all through the internet, through Dropbox. Oh, much. like Trading Files. Yeah, Trading Files. I did that a buttload of that pandemic. during the situation. Yeah. yeah. And Nakata? Nakata is a duo with Paco Casanova, uh, someone. He, actually, he's the, he's the guy I first started playing like free improvised music with. You know, Ka- Ricky Marikami, Kafka on the Shore. I, think I love that book. I it's think Mr. Favorite. Nakata can talk to Kevin. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's what the duel's named after. Okay. Well, Watt sometimes guesses right. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's get back to the story. So you're in college. you got this Japanese band that when you come home. Where, where does music take you from there? From there, I start doing, um, I join this band, Karima, which is like a Zool band. And that kind of is the first time I play saxophone in like a actual setting, like an art rock kind of progressive setting. Yeah, uh, yeah. When you say Zool band? Yeah, like do you know that band Magma? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Old yeah, time. so we were like a Magma ripoff band. With the fake much. language and... Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, inspired, let's, let's have that. Yeah, yeah, let's say inspired, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's link the ripoff, inspired, let's inspired. <laughs> yeah, like me and D Boom are a Creedence spam, but not really. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just wore the shirts because the singer wore them. I couldn't figure out the bass lines. I wanted D Boom to still like me. So, uh, uh, this band, and this is the first time you're playing sax, okay? Yeah. And, and, and so, who are you really looking at Magma as a sa- Did you have sax heroes? I mean, you know. Coltrane, of course. Yeah. Um, early on, it was. Mo- I mean, I, I I primarily only play alto. Yeah. Well, he so, started on the alto. Yes, that's true. Clean Ed Vincent got him on the tenor. Yeah. It's true. Um, so a lot of like Dolphy, like Ornette, you know, of course. Um, Sam Rivers, Roscoe, you know, yeah. all the all of the all the cats. Okay. Okay, because uh, I, when I'm thinking seventies, I'm thinking Tom Scott. You know. <laughs> The little yeah. short clip, funky kind of thing, and or, yeah. or Maceo Parker, right? That that inspired that kind of thing. So yeah. that's why I asked. And uh, how'd that go? It was it was very eye opening for me. I think you know, and being able to hear the saxophone in a not a traditional like bebop setting. Yeah, that was huge for me. And then from there, I started Nakata with the keyboard player from Karima, and we were doing just like free improvised, you know, just piano and saxophone duos. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, some of the early stuff, not the best, not our best work, but I think it was a great jumping off point and, you know, we were both super vulnerable with each other and just being able to like be in that space, I think was, 
uh, important first step into like free improvisation for me. Did you record everything? We did. We put some up on Bandcamp yeah. uh, time ago. You know when I first started. Yeah. Um, and you know it's still there, uh, but <laughs> it's it was it was good. I think it was important for to us to like document it um, and listen back and be like, all right, this was kind of cool. Like, all right, this kind of sucked, but you know, I still do that practice now, like recording shows when I play with different people for the first time and listening back and trying to study myself and, you know, not repeat the shitty parts and improve on the, on the cool parts. Good strategy. Were you in, still in school at this point? Uh, yes. Yes. I still was what, in school. I'm just curious. What were you taking in school? I was studying, uh, music therapy. Oh, okay. So it was, it was music oriented. So you think it aided in a bet, abetted? Yeah. And when you got out of school? What, where, got where, out of school. Where, um, yeah. I started like this full-time internship in Santa Ana uh, doing music therapy and then coming back to L.A. And... So you never thought of moving to Orange County? <laughs> a lot no, of man. hell rides. <laughs> no, I mean, I had an apartment there with a good buddy. Oh, okay. That well, makes sense. Yeah, because that's like, some fucking different. heavy commute shit. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and then I started commuting from LA from Rosemead to to uh, Santa Ana for like two years, and after that, I was I quit. I was like, I can't fucking do this. This is too brutal. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, explain the music therapy thing. Like you're helping people. Yeah. So I primarily worked with children with autism. Ah, oh, D. Boom volunteered doing some of that. Like they're all walled off, but somehow the music gets to them, right? Beautiful. Yeah, and like we would, you know, there we work with kids with all ages. So some of it was like working just on like language skills, social skills, which is a huge thing for them. You know, they're more severe, like fine and gross motor skills. Um, and it was it was awesome. It, it was a uh, I learned a lot, you know. And I think I working with kids is is awesome because they have that energy, you know. Yeah, and also that's another dimension that. Kind of, you know, in the background, everybody thinks people get into music just to promote themselves, but you're using it as a helper tool. Yeah. Yeah, that's bitching. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so in a way, you're, you're like composing for the moment for the situation, right? uh, the, 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 the hurt person. Yeah, there are some times where we did that. There's other times where, like, we would, like, have songs we've already made up to kind of get them to socially interact, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and that was fun because we kind of were able to make up our own melody and, you know, whatever chord songs on the guitar and then you know try and incorporate them so people skills is important so you, you must be an easy guy to be in a band with uh, I, I like to hope so <laughs> <laughs> no you you know i mean uh, patience a gaman at least you know yeah gaman yeah. yeah i can imagine because you know how uptight it seems a lot of music you know man alone i'm gonna conquer this world you know and then in the meantime i use you you little side mice <laughs> yeah it's like fuck that shit yeah <laughs> you know, so that, that's really interesting and uh but you said after a couple of years that too much commute it was too heavy yeah it was too heavy and then i started working at a at a music center um that my boss from uh santa Ana actually opened over here and actually yesterday was my last day uh working whoa okay. there i yeah did you in between did you get time to do tours so that was the decision of like quitting the job i guess so i've you know i've always had a full-time job since college and i've never really been able to tour at all save for like a week here um there was one time where upsilon got to go to europe for a month and that was like the longest thing i've ever done but you uh, liked it yeah yeah so you want to do more of it yeah so well, that's I'm, the next I, full-time job <laughs> yeah i'm trying i mean you know who knows if it's how fruitful it's gonna be but i'm gonna fly to europe tomorrow wow 
Uh, and then going to Chicago for the first time uh-huh. uh, in October, and then a short little New York two-week tour. Yeah, so I'm going to try and, you know, play outside of L.A. as much as I can. Sure, sure. Th- I mean, this part's supposed to come at the end of the show, but fuck it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, because, you know, it works out how it works out. I mean, interesting how life, you know, deals you the hands and you just play them the best way you can. Exactly. And so is most of your composition improvised? I want to say at this point, yeah, like maybe 80% of it is freely improvised and then 20% is um, like structured, like band stuff. But it was hard. I think it kind of a lot of it fell apart in the pandemic, you know, because we couldn't meet with people and write. Of course, of course. And so a lot of it just became just like, you know, improvising over files on the Internet or, you know. Right. Just showing you, know, you, get show. another, you get another oh. shot that way. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, no, I did some stuff like that but because I had some guests on. Well, fuck, I did almost 300 guests in uh, 14 months of five guests a week. Uh, the radio show. Yeah, music's a lifeline. But some of these cats were free music people, improvised, so they wanted to collaborate. And since they weren't there, I, when I they get their file, I pretended that was them in the room. Yeah. And then I just go for it, you know? And yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Didn't you do something with Brandon Seabrook? Absolutely. It's called uh, Stovetop. And Mike Pride on the drums. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. It's September 26, 2022. And this Pedro show special guest, Patrick Shiraoshi. Well, time for our two. September 26, 2022. It's the second hour of the Thank you. 
for Pedro Show start off second hour with Baeza Fogel Shiryoshi with the hound the toad and the hare and I don't know if the title of that thing reflects the members <laughs> it's trippy about toad and hare because people think frog and rabbit yeah they are different people like toads yeah. can live in the desert and hares I guess have their babies above ground uh, rabbits in the under and that's why it's called the jackrabbit, right? He's really a fucking hare. Okay, zoo- zoologist Watt will continue. <laughs> and, and the hound is a type of dog. Uh, you know, you got spritz. I think there's only three or four main types they all come from, and hound is one. Uh, Peter Valak after that. Brother Dale turned me on this music, 229 2021. Uh, Czech cat, or Czechy, I see. Czech, that's what they say now. No more Czech Republic. That's over. Uh, Axe Breaker with United Fronts Against Fascism, and then Watanabe with Gold, Matsumoto, Shiryoshi, and Watanabe. I think Miss Watanabe was in that fucking book, too. Maybe. I, I, she yeah. was running the library or something. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I read it years ago, and it was trippy, but it had a deep impression on me. Haruki yeah, I, I love Murakami. He's, yeah. a fucking, he's my favorite author. Yeah. He can write, man. He can write. Uh, so, so tell me about this. You know, I go way back with Joe Biza. Uh, I'm even on some uh, Sacred Trust records. Oh like yeah, World Broken, right? That Bob Fitzer. No, that was that all improvised. Okay, Bob Fitzer, right? The real bass guy. The night before is like, ah, I don't want to do this. So they asked me, and they they made me rent a tux. They all wore tuxedos. It was at McCabe's. So we do this all improvised thing. But then it's sort of like the Miles Smiles on the corner thing, where you you, you chop it, you know get all the killer less of the filler yeah yeah <laughs> so it's kind of regird redone right but uh uh yeah interesting thing interesting. yeah that album rules that album fucking rules well it's a, a trippy and then the i think joe carducci did the record cover maybe i don't know but uh i was so afraid and uh joe buys amazing story you know this cat i don't know 20 late 20s when he decides to pick up the guitar because of the movement right he's seeing everybody playing he yeah. And, uh, you know, in a couple of years, he's transcribing you know, Charlie Parker's songs. Yeah. I know, I know. It's it's just a trip about things like that. And uh, he's really inspiration. I also, he did the first three tours of my first opera. So he had to reinterpret uh, Nels Klein parts. Yo. Right, right, Heck. right, right. So uh, uh, tell me about this. How did this come together and the, the whole situation, this too? I mean, I was, you know, I'm a huge fan of Joe's work and Sacred Trust. It's, you know, they're fucking legendary. You know, he should he should never have to work 
for you know making music with that band. Well, work at making music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> with him, you don't have to work. It just comes out. But what's gotta fucking work? <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't even. I I forget how we came in contact. It might have been through Stephen Bono, um, or maybe like a, a show or something. Um, but I asked him to play, and then uh, Corey Fogel, he's like the drummer. Sure, who, sure. Deep, deep I think LA. he's played with uh, Carla Bozilich. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. He was on the show. He's, and, uh, you know, the idea of the drummer just being the idiot in the rear with lots of gas, so fucked up. <laughs> that is, it is fucked up. It really is. Go to Cliff Martinez, the soundtracks he's come up with, you know, and, and the biggest mistake was Minuteman putting Georgie in the back. And what, and what about Matsumoto, Shiryoshi, whatnot? Uh, that was a trio. I've, I've always had this... I've always wanted to like clash like East like I guess Japanese instruments with the saxophone, you know. So this was like my idea of like getting the koto and the shakachi and yeah. putting it in like free improvised environment with the saxophone and kind of navigating, you know, and and doing weird ass sounds with with you know traditional instruments. And in um, their backgrounds, they learn traditional. Yeah, I believe they're both from Japan. Issei, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're Issei. Okay. Um, and they... How'd you meet them? I met just through the scene. Just, okay. you know, playing See, in... See, people, how important scene is? I try to tell you, there is some negative things about scene, but there's some fucking righteous, positive things. Totally. And especially about clubs. I mean, who made a band at a arena rock show? But buttloads of bands at a club. Yeah. I want to play this uh, oh, with, with Dylan here. Yes.
Life from Pedro show, that chunk of music star of Patrick Shiryoshi and Dylan Fujioka with Vision of the Void. Uh, Chris Bailiff, brand new whistle con, uh, conversion. Sam Locke Ward, Bob Bucko Jr. out of Iowa with Gimme Justice. Moisuka, 5 a.m. public access, 1978. Ray Shin, life passes purchase date, hopefully. And then Upsilon Accru. It's not a crux, right? A crux, a crux. It is. It is. <laughs> okay, that's okay, that little Francais there. We are a crew, though. See, I, you know what? I fucking pardon all the languages, man. So sorry. But, yeah. but smells Klein and the little pun rock. See, this is when you take out the K people, you get pun rock with smells Klein. In fact, I just got an email from him because I was asking him about. I guess these Latvia guys made a little pedal like the Bigsby Whammy Bar, but it's a pedal. Whoa. Yeah, and I asked him about it. Of course, he, you know, he has like 50 billion pills. And... You know what his favorite one is, though? Huh? Volume. Volume pedal. I thought you were going to say something like the rat or something. Oh, volume. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because I asked him, yeah, let's get in an improv improvisation here. You know, I asked him about that. When I was first playing with him. And, you know, he says, well, it's really important about listening. Yeah. And, you know, well, I thought about that a long time. And then I thought, well, what about who goes first? Yeah. Well, well how's that happen in your world? Um, I I kind of like not being the first. Um, I think I when I was growing up, I my idea for, like, free improv was, like, playing fucking as many notes as possible, very loud, you know. Um, and as I've kind of grown up, it's more been about like listening and like contributing in like a more meaningful way, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like to kind of not play for like the first four minutes and then start playing. You pick up on what those cats are doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't know. No, I mean, you know, yeah. Instead of like saying, Hey, here's what it is now. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like, Fucking look at this. Yeah, huh? Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you think there is an ego thing in the improv scene? Uh, I think I think it depends on on the on the person, you know. Yeah. Sure. I think there are people that are driven by that. I think there are people that are not, you know. And there's so many different like improvising worlds and and players and even techniques. It's uh, but that's also what makes it so fucking cool because you never know what's gonna happen, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. That, well, that's one of the bitches. And there's no. Well, there is if you're a fucking asshole, but you're not sleepwalking. You're not connecting dots or, you know, what's, what's that called? Paint by number. and uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you are you got to be in the moment. And, uh, exactly. Like, like Nell said, listen. Look, we're at the end of the, the second hour, September 26, 2022, to swap Peter. So special guest, Patrick Shiroshi. Hold time for hour three. September 26, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
One decision, blink of an eye, could have gone left, took the right. Now I'm committed on this road. One decision, here we go. I like to go before the sun makes me feel like I'm getting it done. In the zone, on the road, my mind's unknown.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Swan, A Miracle's Worth. Then Familia Miranda, brand new uh, cover of uh, Sun Ra, A Nuclear War. Of course, they got a Guerrero Nuclear. Ira Wanda out of Holland, brand new. Sister, take my hand. Gebedan. This is Mike Patton. And not the Phantom, but the one uh, who played bass in the middle class. Speaking of, he wasn't Santa Ana, he was uh, Fullerton. Like, it was three Atta brothers in him, and uh, he ended up running the bus system in Orange County. And I was on tour with Mike Baguetta, Steve Hodges, a couple months ago. And uh, he was in Athens, Georgia. He moved, you know, married a lady, He's starting a new music thing over there. What a trip, you know. Been many wow. years. He produced some... Uh, and recorded some Minuteman, like the Joy EP and some songs off Politics Attack. Okay, and then we bow to no masters. And this is a title here, people. This is almost like double O rubber cement. It is get it is guilt written across our face, or is it our face which we are guilty? To, to enlighten us to these projects here. Um Swan is a uh, group with a bunch of uh, New York friends. Uh, Chris Williams on trumpet, Jessica Ackerley on guitar, who lives in Hawaii now, uh, Luke Stewart on bass, and Jason Nazary on drums. Um, basically, we're, I was a fan of everyone, and me and Jessica kind of concocted this quintet, and it's just a fun fucking hang. You know, everyone fucking rules. But you mentioned someone ain't playing anymore. Uh, they're all playing. Jessica moved to Hawaii, so she's playing over there and doing, I think, her doctorate, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, we're all still playing. No, even... I thought you said who's no, oh, no longer in the unit. Oh, no, everyone's in the unit still. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because, no, I heard this story about Rashida's uh, son, Rashid Ali's son, Amin Ali, just quitting bass. I saw him with uh, James Black Almer. Uh, yeah, yeah, in uh, Calvin Houston. And, and yeah, somebody told me he said no more. And just that's it. You know, like uh, Arthur Rimbaud with poetry, right? I'm gonna do a couple years, and that's done. Now I'm gonna run guns in Abyssinia or something. Yeah. Well, some people are like that. And then, you know, Keiko had the oxygen tanks on the stage for Elvin Jones. <laughs> something, you know, what I mean, some people. Marshall Allen is still torn. Yo, that I he's, he's the <laughs> goat, and he still blows his fucking ass off. <laughs> That shit is crazy to me. <laughs> also, John Gilmore turning down Duke Ellington. <laughs> you know, to play with some rock. I mean, you know, yeah. That's what's up. There's billions of ways to do this music trip, people. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I've, I've had this show all this time. It's just to show there's so many ways to do this. So yeah. Swan came together for this. Yep. And now y'all spread out, but maybe you come back together to record more. We're, we're hopefully, yeah, we, we recorded in the pandemic and uh, we played one show last year. So hopefully we're going to be able to tour as a unit or something next year is the, the plan. Yeah, yeah. And and now this, uh, we bow to no masters. I like that bet for a bad name. Yeah, that was, uh, it was like a distance, like all Asian quartets. Me, Dylan on drums, uh, Tom Nguyen on drums, and then Tashi Dorji on guitar. Wow, um, Dylan knows drums too. Yeah. Okay. So you had three drummers. Or two two drummers and then uh, me on saxophone and Tashi on... Oh, okay. You didn't do drums. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking there was a version of the Boredoms with three drum trap. Uh, oh, yeah. That shit was sick. Yeah, right. Well, I've, 
Didn't they have some gigs with like like buttload like ninety nine or something? Like seventy seven. <laughs> you talking? You know, I tried to crew a flying saucer. You know, and we were flaming like motherfuckers with just two drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you know what I mean because there's a way like. Allman Brothers or Grateful Dead where they parted out, you know, but there's the Jim Brown way where you play exactly the same thing and that better be socked tight. Yeah, the Melvins did that too. That shit was fucking hard. Oh, uh, Cody? Big Business? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big with uh, yeah. Dale? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. And, uh, wow. Wow. So you got this thing planned. What is it exactly that you leave for tomorrow? Uh, I'm flying to Berlin. I'm going to do a couple of free improv dates. So is it like Man Alone? Um, mm, uh, saxophone, solo saxophone. Yeah, th that's what yeah. I meant. I mean, you're not yeah, part yeah. of an ensemble or anything. There's no project, no band. You're just going over there. First you do some improvs and what, you join some other people later? Yeah, and then I'm going to open for this metal band, Sumac, um, who are, like, heroes. And so I'm going to be opening for them for, like, eight days. Um, and we're going from, like, Copenhagen to Barcelona. Yeah. And then I fly home. Whoa. Yeah. Well, so you're just in the West part. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited, though. I haven't been to Europe in a long time. This is the first time I'm going as, like, a solo artist. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm uh, excited. I hope all my gear makes it and I don't lose anything. <laughs> Well, you're bringing what? Just your alto, right? I'm bringing my alto, and then I'm going to bring some guitar pedals. So I have a Do you do that? Do you process yeah. your sound? Yeah, so okay. saxophone through guitar pedals and then out of an amp. And do, do you also give the guy the straight thing? Uh, no, it's it's all out. I mean, there's there's some melodies and stuff, of course, but... No, what I mean is like uh, what's coming out the bell. That yeah. all gets processed, or do, is yeah, there exactly. a parallel thing going? No, it's just the process okay. shit, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. I was uh, I'm wondering about that, doing that. You know, there's this, I've read these things about some guy turning John Coltrane onto some kind of attachment that he would, you know, near the end there that he was trying out, uh, vibe or something or you know, we're talking yeah, sixty-seven yeah, yeah. or something. But he was trying his sax through electronics. Yeah, yeah, because I think there, there's some kind of purity thing that people get hung up on and. You know, yeah, at the I end of the day, one, it, it sound like coming out of the speakers. Into, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It, it, I think the one that he was messing with, it was like in or like in the saxophone or like molded or melted into it. Yeah, well, I think at the first time he tried it, yeah, it was part of the machine. Then there was something that could clamp onto one of his. Ah. Uh, yeah, something like that. Not a lot of information on it, but uh, I just like the idea of versus these people... Who think, you know, you can't fuck with, you know, like we all should be playing uh, Nothing Wrong with Mr. Segovia, but, you know, nylon string or gut cat gut string classical yeah. guitar. And Jimmy, you know, is what, bullshit because he used amplifier and a fuzz box? Yeah. No, no. I uh, Here's a, uh, the rest of music for this show. Both of these are Patrick Shiryoshi Delios. So let's bring them. Bring them.
okay, people, it's deja vu all over again. <laughs> <laughs> started last, last music, started the last music. Yeah. The last music for this edition. 21 years, five months, I'm well seasoned, right? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Burnt. Patrick Shiryoshi was once there was only dark. Minus NCE from Omanata, Balmore, Shiverboard with Avram McCourse, and to kill a wind-up bird, Patrick Shiryoshi. Yeah, this is all jaded, but another Haruki Mirakami <laughs> reference people. And uh, we were just uh, uh, we were just, we were doing a dry run. That's what we were doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were terrible. Yeah, it's never wasted. So, but you could go to for the uh, information. P a t r i c k s h i r o i s h i dot com. Patrick Shiroshi. His own website, and from there he's got links to the corporate telephone poles where you staple up your flyers. And uh, uh, what about uh, recording plans? Recording plans. Now that, that people are recording live again and shit. Yeah, I uh, I have a record that is coming out very soon, and then I have one coming out just solo saxophone I recorded during the pandemic in an underground parking lot. Yeah, where uh, Roseby. Uh, Monterey Park. Monterey Park. All right. Monterey All right. Park, sure. where I grew, where I went to high school and everything. Um, that's coming out in the summer of next year on American Dreams. Yeah. Um, excited for that. What about future plans to record? Future plans never stop. You know. Yeah. Just trying to fucking push it. Even cats who've been working on a record a you know buttload of years and stuff, they get done. It's automatic. Right away, you're thinking of the next one. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 And. Uh, and the thing about what's the difference when uh, you bring it with the saxophone and then somebody's got it and they want you to bring the sax to that? Yeah. Life's about taking turns. Yeah, man. Yeah. But they are kind of different experiences, right? Totally. And uh, you don't prefer one or the other. They're both fucking righteous, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different because, you know, you're trying to add to someone's vision or like you know you're doing a collective vision sure you can learn a lot from that but also it's i think for me it's i i also like playing by myself because then you're like super fucking vulnerable you can't hide behind anything you know it like forces you to push in a different way right no mysteries yeah you know, what about prac because we we're talking about john coltrane eric dolphy right <laughs> these guys would do it they get a jar of honey and go at 10 hours <laughs> yeah i don't know if i can do 10 hours but i'm gonna... <laughs> I got to get to that point first. There, I was reading this part in the Dr. Simpson's book where they're shopping. Alice has got the cart, you know, and they're, <laughs> he's got the flute. He's got Eric Dolphy's flute, right? Her, 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 his mom gave it to him. He's playing the flute, you know, while she's in front getting the things, filling the cart, you know. Wouldn't you like to go shopping at this grocery store and there's John Coltrane doing Yeah, I would, I would love that. I would just follow. Come on, you going shopping? All right, all right. Come on. Rattles? All right, I'll see you there. <laughs> and and you know he recorded a lot of his pracs. Damn. Yeah, and he would listen back, you know, and check all kinds of stuff. And he really liked uh, that kind. Of, and okay, I got to ask you this because Farrell was in this too. You know, Uli from Azamatli wrote me. Yeah. He got to jam with uh, Farrell and stuff, and he asked him about jamming with him in Santana. And do you remember that, Farrell? Nope. But apparently, <laughs> he went to his pad once. <laughs> went to his pad once, and uh, uh, he had like a thousand mouthpieces. 
Are you into mouthpieces? Yeah, and the, the, the mouthpieces is, is a big thing in in these uh, John Coltrane bios too. Lars Lewis Porter and Bill Cole and yeah, yeah, Ashley Khan, J.C. Thomas. Is there a big thing with the mouthpiece? You know, I I probably had like twenty, and I would try and like when I was trying to find my sound, I yeah. went through a bunch, and I stopped because that shit is fucking expensive. <laughs> you know, it's like. Two hundred dollars or like five hundred dollars for like these handmade ones. Yeah, and then finding the reed that matches, and then the ligature and shit. And then well, I think in them days, oh my god! I think in them days the the reed the brother Steve McKay and the Stooges told me they were like uh, blanks, and you had to like there was no nothing. You had to cut them and like these so they could be really thick, and that's the way these dudes cut them. Like you, it was like playing James Jamerson's bass. You know, you could stick your arm between the strings of the fretboard. Yeah, that shit's too crazy for me. Because they dug in real hard, right? Because they went, it was a little tippy-tap shit. Yeah. If anyone that's listening makes mouthpieces and want to send me some for free, I will fucking play them for sure. <laughs> man, when you get these new records out, can you come back on the show, please, Patrick? I, I love to. I love oh, to. Oh, man, it's been beautiful having you aboard. Thank you so much. Thank you so much Safe seas and gambate over there, okay? People, yeah. it's been the September 26, 2022. Just watch Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.